0: Hi guys welcome to the Eli Cavan project. Um, really happy today to bring on uh, will Nagana. will tell us about yourself
1: Hi well my name's William um, basically me and Eli met first year during our uh, physics, physics lab and we've been friends ever since. Uh, let's say yeah I am I'm a physics graduate from the University of Walloo honors physics um, Focus. I focused on more on applied physics and now i work as a software developer in toronto
0: yeah i'm interested in getting into uh, data analytics with sports especially yeah yeah,
1: yeah. so yeah i've been i uh, avid avid watcher of um, football the european one soccer so yeah i love that so, but then i become more interested in the statistical side and tactics side of it uh, trying to understand the game more and yeah so the, that's been what i've been looking into a bit more and I guess that's what we're talking about today
0: yeah it's I'm, I'm excited to do it because I, I know a lot about you know the American football and uh, baseball and basketball but don't watch a lot of uh, soccer all right yeah. Let, let's dive right in so the first thing I want to ask is how has soccer changed as a game recently like you know in basketball, we see that there's a lot less need for, like, really tall players. You you look more for shooting and spacing. Or, you know, in, in, in football and hockey, speed is taking over the game. It's not about being the biggest. So how has soccer yeah. changed?
1: Well, basically, the, the game of soccer and tactics in soccer has, has has evolved a lot from when it started to where we are now. So essentially when it started the first international game i might be wrong but the first international game was england v scotland and the tactics for england v scotland reformations for england england was playing a 118 so basically one defender one person in the midfielder and eight attackers scotland played a 2 two defenders two midfielders and six attackers you had 14 attackers on the field and that game ended 00 Hmm. Funny enough, funny enough, n 0 But then, yeah. So the, the way the formations has changed, is then afterwards, the formation, the next great formation or the big formation change was the pyramid formation. So basically, two, three, five. That pyramid formation, and then you had Arsenal. A few, uh, a couple of years later, you had the Arsenal uh, coach, the Arsenal FC, a uh, uh, professional team in England he came up with the Wm formation or the three two two three and that formation lasted for a bit o- uh, for a bit so the formations started to switch from a more attacking to more defensive minded for for more defensive minded formation and then the false nine was created so basically what the false nine is is the nine is usually the attacking player but then the a false nine the attacking player drops back a bit so that confuses the, of, the that confuses the the defending team, and that was basically that was brought into by Hungary where they changed the pyramid and basically it dropped the false man so it drops back, and that's when they beat they beat England six three using that formation,
2: hmm.
1: and that blew up. And then uh, further on, the Italians are known a lot for the defensive football, so the Italians. They came up with the probably pronounced probably pronunciation wrong, the Cat-Nazi defensive football, mm. defensive football. So essentially, what that is, is that they had a back four, which mm-hmm.
2: is
1: which is now pretty much standard back four where you had two right, the the two fullbacks and the center back pairing. So basically, it's defensive as in the the fullbacks would be there to. Um, to neutralize the attacking wingers and then the center back would basically follow the, uh, the, the follow the ball. So if their ball's on the right side, you have the winger, the fullback would would neutralize the winger, follow the ball, then the left-sided center back would go support him and the right-side center back would pull in and cover the space that was left behind by the center back moving and that became one of the that became that was really big in the 60s and in 1970s you had the dutch come in with total football basically what total football is is every single player on the field can play in every single position on the field hmm. so a really fluid type of game so you had the so that focused on technical abilities so Defenders needed to know how to pass the ball. Defenders needed to be, have the same IQ as the midfielders. Attackers needed how to defend. All that, so you had the football. So basically, you could rotate any player in any position, but maintaining the same sort of formation, which is a four-four-three position. Four-four-three, like four
0: uh, kind of like positional positionless basketball, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. you all know how to. You all know. So basically, call the pawn. Every player knows where to, what to do, no matter where he is. But they maintain the 4-3-3. Three, three. So four at the back, three in the middle, and three attackers. So now, yeah. So basically now, we've seen from that. Those are in the 90s. And then we saw, if you got to remember, the early, the 2000s, mid-2000s to 2010s, when Spain and was dominant. And that was because of tiki-taka and possession-based football, hmm. which was um, which yeah, was Pep Guardiola, one of the greatest coaches ever, and the Spanish national team. So that was more possession-based football, basically portain the ball and pass it around in triangles. So that means that if you have the ball and you're passing it around, the opposition can't score because you have the ball. Hmm. So that's, that's the mentality of that keep the ball, short, quick passes, don't passes, and maintain the position like that. And then that's, that was what Spain basically used to win the Euros, back to back Euros, and the World Cup from like 2008 Euros, 2010 World Cup, mm-hmm. to 2012 Euros. And that dominated. And then now, now you're seeing variations of that where. It's become more that teams value possession, value passing ability. Goalies are now required to be able to pass as well as outfield players. So if you watch a lot of Premier League games, you'd have a lot of you have a lot of teams building out from the back instead of goalies just lumping the ball forward now because when you do that you lose position now yeah. build the ball out of the build out of the back and start the attack so the first attacker is the goalkeeper and the first defender is a striker that is sort of how it looks That's sort of how the layout of the game is now where everybody there isn't everybody has to be on top of their game at least the top teams that's the best team
0: interesting because like you know when i think about baseball um it's all gone now towards the home run where it's like take your shot kind of thing so I'm kind of surprised that you you know it makes sense like in terms of like hockey it's all about keeping possession but it's kind of surprising that you wouldn't just go for a lot of like through balls and you know try to get those breakaways kind of when you know you're, you're saying they look more for possession because but I guess like soccer is a much more defensive
1: game yeah it's more like it's low scoring games yeah it's more finding your opportunity I think hmm because you could through balls are risky. So yeah. if you go for a lot of through balls, then turnover in possession, and yeah. then you're on the defensive now, and exactly. it's up to you to. Um, it's up to you now to defend the ball, when you and, you're, the and ball, you're down you a man,
0: get, man because the the strikers run through to yeah. get the through yeah. ball.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. So now the way it's all about being poised in possession. So. Understanding your passes, understanding where the players are, players making the runs. So now even the fullbacks are now even more in the current game, the modern game. The fullbacks are now more attack-minded than they used to be before. Before fullbacks would rarely cross the halfway line, but now you got fullbacks bombing down the end. So your fullbacks, a lot of these games, the fullbacks have to be one of the fittest people on this on the team because they they'd be running up and down the pitch consistently putting in crosses putting in crosses the overlap so basically you have a winger he, winger or tame on the fullback overlaps the winger creating an overload so now it's if you have one the opposition fullback and you have the winger opposition fullback view winger and then you have the your fullback making overlaps. overlap so now you have two on the on one side and then one defender so you got that that is also being utilized a lot and then there's the pressing so basically you start your defense from the attack press the opposition press the players mm. so that they lose the possession so that you can retain re- regain possession as quickly as possible so you see that a lot in a lot of games and it's worked well for a lot of teams like the current uh, champions of England Liverpool they're known for the heavy metal football so it's all it's all pressing it's all Make the opponent make a mistake, get the ball. It's high intensity, high energy, quick pass. Isn't that risky? Isn't that risky if you get beat? It is is risky. Mm -hmm. That's why a lot of these teams require excellent players. So, Mm -hmm. Liverpool have Virgil Van Dyke, who was one of the best center backs in the world. So, yeah, as risky as it is, when you have a defender that good, he'll be able to mitigate the risk. So, it requires. A lot of tactical awareness from the players, but also it's great to watch, and it works because Liverpool they blew the league out of water, basically won it by March, and then you have Pep Guardiola. I mentioned him before; one of the greatest um, greatest managers ever. My guy in the early when he was when he was uh, coaching Barcelona, they won something like fourteen of the nineteen available trophies they played for. This guy was, he's on crud. So basically, the way he does it, he has inverted fullbacks. So that's again, you have a back four. But when you're attacking, the fullbacks who are playing on the wings, they go into the middle. So now you have an overload of midfielders. So it becomes when you're attacking, you have two center backs. Right, okay. You have, I think he does a four, three, three. So then you have two center backs. When you're defending, you have two center backs. You have your fourth, you have the three midfields and the attackers there as well, but then when you're attacking, you'll have the two center backs, you'll have your uh, fullbacks going into the middle to add, add, add as extra midfielders. Again, they gotta know how to pass the ball. Yeah. So I think the game has evolved more from you have a bunch of different players being yeah. special all things, but you have now, you have players that are now more well-rounded, and all the players gotta know how to pass. They gotta be technically at, uh, astute. You, of course, you have certain systems or certain um, tactics that fit for other players. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the best teams now are working with possession-based passing, f- passing football. That's and I the guess game is passing. I guess what I'm
0: hearing is like you know just from playing like FIFA and stuff like you know that's you play a four-three-three three or whatever, but. Here you're saying the formations are a lot more dynamic, where like depending on the situation in the game, you'll have players moving towards other positions.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, when playing FIFA, you have a four three three, (laughs) but of course, yeah, you have the punish. Those, those, the formation. Yeah, like you said, a lot more dynamic, and depending on the situation, when you're in or out of possession, depending on all of that. You'll have players given special instructions. Like maybe if you're playing a really good player, you'll tell one guy mm. stick on your man no matter what. You stay there. <laughs> other 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 coaches prefer to have their wingers and their fullbacks hug the, the the touch line. So basically, not move from the touch line when they're in attack certain things like that so yeah it's and then you have sometimes if the center back sometimes your center back goes forward you have a midfielder dropping back so the positions in football and tactics are essentially there's a, you have a you have a set array of tactics and certain things to choose from but It depends on the coach now mm-hmm. what he wants to do how he wants to play a game how he wants to implement them
0: yeah interesting um one thing I wanted to ask you to get more in depth into was like what kind of advanced analytics you have for football. So like I, one thing I wanted to see was do you guys have WAR? Like I know you guys have expected goals and those kind of statistics. Do you have something where you can measure a player's performance by a single number kind of thing?
1: Uh, yeah. So basically, I'll start off by saying statistics in soccer are very misleading hmm. because as misleading if you cannot statistics are a good indicator of okay go watch that player but the best thing is to actually go see watch the, the watch test but yeah there are certain statistics that like you said the expected goals the way it works is the, the better quality of the shot the, the, number, the, the expected Go against. So, if your shot has a if the shot has a 50% chance of going in, you gotta expect the goals of 0.5. 10% expect the goals of 0.1. And now throughout the game, throughout the entire game, they'll add up all those shots, and then mm-hmm. they'll add up all your expected goals, and that's your expected goals for that game. That's expected goals for. and then you have expected goals against. So, how many the shots that you can see, and the quality of those shots.
0: So how do you that do that if you're like if there's eleven other people on the court like how do they know that you gave up that shot you know what I mean? Oh,
1: this is okay. That's a, this is a team. Oh, it's a team
0: statistic. stat. Okay, sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the team statistic. Okay. And the case you, you could have expected goals per player. Yeah. Okay. And then basically the amount of shots the play the the quality of the shots the player gives off. So if,
0: if you're in front quality, of someone,
1: yeah, yeah, but yeah. but for players, the expected goals for players, it's better for the uh. What You're looking at for a player is that the players the better shots the player gives away is more important than how, like, the, the, the player should be able to give away, get better, like, higher expected goals. So, the uh, the most important thing is how good his shots are and how mm. likely they are to go in rather than how many they take. That's of saying, but yeah, the expected shots is literally looked at as a team statistic to see how mm. many you give and how many how many you're for and against, and the difference between that is that, yeah. So you, if you look at a team's expected shots, obviously a team could, all it takes in soccer a long time is one goal. You could have one good goal and the, your expected shots be trash and win the game. But over time, what you'll see is the expected shots, is they'll trend to the team will trend towards what the expected shots is. But yeah, you have expected shots for players as well. And then there's other things like um, the goalkeeper expected goals. So basically, that is your average, The baseline, the baseline, the goalkeeper expected goal is how how many goals would a goalkeeper has your goalkeeper saved mm-hmm. than an average goalkeeper won't.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's basically what that is. That's a measure of how, how good your keeper is.
0: Instead like, of goals okay. against average, it's goals against above average.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. how how well your keeper does consider the average. Like, if mm-hmm. the average goalkeeper would would stop that, he's expected to stop that. If an average goalkeeper wouldn't stop it, he doesn't stop that. That means yeah. you got a good keeper on your hands.
0: In baseball, we but call I mean, that replacement level, like the average yeah. player. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. and then you have the possession value. Now, possession stats are often misleading mm-hmm. because if you have Two players passing back and forth in your in your own half, you could have all the possession in the world, but that possession is meaningless because it's in your half, right? Mm-hmm. So then, possessions the possession value are now weighted towards the amount of passes and the kind of possession you have in the opponent third. What's well that? Basically, in the opponent side, huh. so that that's more valuable yeah. than the possession your own half because you can score there. Though there's that another team statistic that, that you can take a look at, uh-huh. a lot of it,
0: a lot in football of, we have that's like you know the, the yards that you get closer to the you know the goal line is more valuable than the yards you get on your own half. is the same yeah. kind of thing. Really interesting. I, I kind of thought that soccer would be behind a lot of these sports, but they seem to be like exactly right with them.
1: Yeah, and then you have the, the focus on that. Uh, the focus on the possession value is to see what side, what kind of actions lead towards higher and lower possession values. Yeah. So, like, what what plays, I guess, would mean what what plays would mean you have a higher possession, so you have better possession in the opponent half, and what means you have lower position. So that a lot of these statistics are a lot of teams, like team statistics, right? For the individual statistics, you obviously look at goals scored, mm-hmm. goals created, the chances um, chances created, all of those stuff, but it's more of since soccer is more of a team game, mm-hmm. I'd say better to look at the team statistics. Yeah. For me, at least, I'd be like, look at the team statistics because you could have 11 incredible individuals on the field, but as a team, if they don't play well, then I could take a team average, mm-hmm. Put them together, make them play in a system that they understand, and wash the team of the eleven superstars if they don't understand if they don't have any system or anything. Interesting. And then there and there's also like defensive actions or as another statistic. So basically it's like the possessions, it's like the possession value. But this one describes defensive, like looks at the defensive actions and where the defensive actions are, So, like, every tackle, interception, header, all of that stuff, they're plotted on the field, like, where it is. And it's also looking at... And also, this also takes into account... it's also takes into account possession, because if you have lower possession, you'll have more defensive actions, because, obviously, you're defending more if you have less possession.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, you have those... Like, that, you have... That that stuff, and then you also have the passing ability, and then passing ability is well, it also just looks at to where the passing is taking place. Hmm. So if you basically pass completion is a stat that a lot of you can look up for a lot of players. So if a player does a hundred passes in a game, completes eighty, he has an eighty percent pass completion. But here's the thing: what if a player is center back, center back? They're passing in between, just yeah. passing back and forth. I could pass to you a hundred times. My pass completions a hundred times because you're standing right beside me. So this looks at the more the more risky pass or the harder passes are obviously going to be closer to the opponents and opponents yeah. broad. So those passes farther are going to be are going to have like I it, guess like it's, it's more like weighted. Those mm-hmm. passes going to be weighted higher, and then the passes are just back and forth in the opponent's and mm-hmm. in your own. End. I had a so,
0: question. Yeah. About like uh, corners, like one thing I was reading about was how you know there's not a lot of goals scored on corners, and obviously that might be a hard question. But what's the kind of what would be a, a kind of strategy you would use when taking a corner?
1: Well, set pieces are are now becoming are becoming really important. Like mm-hmm. free kicks and corners, set pieces are becoming mm-hmm. really important. Like the last World Cup, I forget the statistic, but like I think it was around half of the goals scored in the last World Cup, something like that, hmm. were a result of set pieces. So okay. that would be corners and everything like that. So yeah, it's hard to score on corners, but a good set piece is real. It's like yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's important to having a game. So I, so the best way to take a corner. I'd say, uh, the, it depends. Depends mm. on the team you're playing, but you just gotta get it past the first man. Mm. Like, you gotta get past the first defender and get into the dangerous area and hope that somebody puts a head on it, foot on that's it, kind of create confusion. She,
0: that,
1: yeah, that will. That's what I'd say would be a good corner.
0: Okay. What about um? Call- what about like your ideal striker? Like one thing I was looking at was like, would you rather have a, like I guess it's an easier question. Would you rather have a guy that's full of speed or acceleration, or like length to get like volleys, like four corners? Like, would you rather have a guy that's just a volley master, or would you rather have a guy that can beat the defender and through through balls?
1: The ideal striker mm-hmm. is a would be a man like Thierry Henry. He's an <laughs> Arsenal player, Thierry you'd have speed very important very important mm-hmm. they'd have to be clinical so basically they have to be able to score a high percentage of their shots and their expected shots would have to be pretty high they have to be able to create chances good finish sure. scored chances
2: mm-hmm.
1: they'd have to be able to i for me i'd want that striker that could pass so, for me, the ideal striker would, would again, fit into... Because I like the sort of possession style,
2: possession-based.
1: Mm-hmm. The ideal striker would be able to fit into that. That So, like, the out-and-out striker... The out-and-out striker are very, like, just all about the goals. That could work for something. But for me, I'd want a striker that's a bit more well-rounded, scores just as many goals, but also is able to... Play with the team.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so t- tell me like how you would build your i build your ideal team, and like maybe talk a little bit about like the kind of characteristics you want in each position. Like what kind of defenders do you want, what kind of midfielders do you want? Like do you, you know, uh, okay. As you said, you emphasize passing, but um, maybe even talk about the formation that you would use if you made a soccer team.
1: If I team? were to be. The head of, if I if you gave me unlimited funds and told me to build a team, <laughs> my team would, uh, I would probably play three at the back. Of four, ooh, what do I do? Let me think. All I know, okay. So let me just go for a standard 4 3 3. I do a 4 3 3. Hmm. Something similar to what is implemented at Liverpool at the moment. That's what I'd want to do. You have my center backs would have to be tall, strong, quick, and they have to be they'd have to be passing. Mm-hmm. So I'd want a partnership, a center back partnership of like a a destroyer and somebody that cleans up. Mm-hmm. So my center back, the two, one of them would be really aggressive, and the other one would sit sit back a bit. To be able to clean up all clean like up, a up, yeah, so like a sweeper. Mm-hmm. So I'd want, like I said, they have to be quick for to be able to recover. They'd have to be strong. They'd have to be. I'd want them tall, and I do want them. I'd want them to be, be able to pass well. So they have to be technically. Out. They have to be able to ping balls left right. That's my center back. My my wing my well wing back. My fullbacks would have to be ex- insanely fit because I'm expect I'll expect them to be running the entire time up and down the field and not get tired. That's what I'm gonna need for them. So that's for me. I'd have to have a team. Again, they'd have to be again passing. They have to be able to pass, put in the crosses. They have to be quick. So yes, speed is a big part of this. I want I'd want my team to be relatively fast. Can they have to be able to ping uh, to put in crosses pretty easily? That's what I'd want, and I want them to all be fits. And then my midfield, my midfield, I'd want one midfielder who would basically be sitting in front of the defense. What? Uh, wait. What I do? Four, three, three, or oh, 1 two, one. Four at the back. Two, three, four. raise it. Four, two. Uh, okay, maybe more four, three, three. So yeah, like the, the four at the back and the midfielders. I'd want one,
0: like defensive mid.
1: Yeah, I want to sit in front of the defenders, mm-hmm. basically. To give the, the defense some protection I'd want a box to box midfielder so his job would be when we're attacking
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're in the opponent box when we're defending you're back to helping defend and then I'd want other um, another midfielder who would be more connecting the front the midfield to the attack
2: mm-hmm.
1: So essentially, that player would be like our my quarterback per se. That player Mm -hmm. would would be the one. The way ideally, you'd have the midfield pivot would be the two players. So you'd have the 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 center midfielder and the CDM defensive midfielder. The defensive midfielder cleans up. The center midfielder gets the ball. When the defensive midfielder cleans up, looks forward, finds the pass, and starts the attack. And that would be how that would work. And then you have the box-to-box box midfield. That's wherever he needs to be. If, he, if they need to attack, my guy got to be booking it down. And if they need to defend, he got to be the first. He got to be raw, running all the way back.
2: Mm-hmm. That's,
1: how, that's my, how my midfield would look like. and Again, for the CDM, I don't want them to be strong, imposing, and fearless. I don't want nobody that's scared of being hit by a ball. He got to be able, he got to scare the opposition. That's what I'd want. Somebody to, I'd want somebody to be able to somebody that's willing to fight, but not really, but willing to fight. So uh, something like that
0: and strike. Oh,
1: and then my attacking, then I have three at the front. I'd have two wingers and then a central striker. Like I said, it was a striker, Mm I'd want I'd want the front three to be kind of fluid so they can be able to play and so that the the winger can come into the center of the strike if the the center one goes uh, to the left so that's also basically I'd want the front three to be kind of like
0: like midfield
1: yeah. Not midfield. They'd be they'd be focused on attacking, but they'd also be the first line of defense. Hmm. So I want the front the front three. They'd all have to be tricky. So they'd have to be able to beat a man one on one pretty easily. They'd have to all of them have to be eye for a, a goal. All of them would have to again passing is important. They'd all have to be. they i I want basically paint like artists, people that make the game like people that make the game look stupid nice. Mm -hmm. Like when you watch it, you're like that soccer, like a Ronaldinho, Messi, those type players. I want Flair players. I want I'd want them there. But also also the entire thing was this is I'd all of them the entire system is all would be pressing. So you have to press the front, press on the front cause the opposition side to make a mistake and retain the ball. And that's that's how I'd set my team up.
0: Yeah, okay. Alright, any last words? I think uh, we're just about time right now.
1: Uh, oh, uh, no, I, I talked all about yeah. soccer first. I talked about soccer. I think we have an idea of how I'd set up mm-hmm. what I'd do. But yeah, I think we should spend just a little bit of time talking about what what's happening in the world yeah, right now and you. all uh, all the craziness that's going on. As Eli <laughs> would know, I am a Black Canadian. I am fr- originally born in Africa, and yeah, it's just it's a lot of craziness right now, and it's a lot. Um, it's a lot, and yeah. I just hope that what's happened allows people to see that systematic racism is alive and well. It does exist, and that changes need to be made. And I hope that all that's been done, all that's happened the last three, four weeks, or last months, and that bit don't get lost over all the craziness. And that we see a better place for my kids, everyone's kids, where everyone's equal and all of that.
0: Yeah it really opens your eyes well i mean like as a white guy like reading stories about how like black athletes have had like police come into their their houses and like put guns to them and it's like that I, I don't have to think about that ever happening so it's
1: yeah no man i'll, I'll tell a story. i guess i'll end on this i'll tell a story because when i yeah. was eight years eight years old i was with my older brother who was nine ten at the time and then it, uh, where we lived there was like a strip mall where there was a metro a place where you get food and then a national sports like a sports store i needed to get a, like a pair of new shoes so so my mom was like okay i'll do shop i need to get go groceries so my mom and sister went grocery she's like you two go into the store figure out what you want and then by the time i get there we'll just pay and leave so me and my brother were put in the store and then this one lady looks at us and she's just watching us and she walks up to us she's like what are you guys doing we explain the situation it's like well you guys look suspicious so i'm just gonna be watching you and i'm like I, i'm like huh huh and i, thought, I realize that now i'm like how do an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old yeah. look suspicious why this white lady was just staring at us the entire time
0: was and she I'm like, like oh. part of the store or was she just like a random girl
1: uh, she was working I think she had. Okay. She was working for the store at the time, but she was yeah. just looking at us, and I'm like, "Well, okay, we ain't doing anything, so we can look away." And it's like stuff, like small things, like that. Yeah, that yeah. You just get. I get, you just learn to get used to it. But you shouldn't like, have to. Yeah, you don't have to, but you just you just. I get to learn to get used to it. It's like uh, it is what it is. Yeah, that's but uh, hopefully it changes sometimes. So, but yeah, yeah.
0: All right, thanks for coming on. Well, uh, for sure going to have you on again. And uh, maybe we'll talk about soccer again, or maybe we'll talk about something else because you, you're a of many talents.
1: Yeah, man, for sure. I love being on, bro. I love I, I love doing the research. I love reading stuff about this. And yeah, I might start a blog about this soon. And if I do, I'll let you know.
0: Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll link that to the podcast. All right.
1: Yeah. Man. Thanks for listening, nice guys. Bye.